to squeeze this one in. Thank you, and may God bless. The Red, Red Skelton. Skelton Show debuted on NBC TV almost 10 years to the day after Red made his radio debut. He's a particular favorite of Mike's and mine. America's Clown Prince of Comedy was a hit for years on radio and an even bigger one on TV with great characters like the Mean Whittle Kid and Clem Cadiddlehopper. I'm George Zahn. That's a look at Today in History on WMKV. Thank you, George. In traffic right now, we have an accident northbound Winchell at Ezra Charles. It's on the left side there. Uh, good news, at least uh, in the respect that the accident north 75 north of Mitchell has been moved over to the shoulders, so it's not in the lanes of traffic. However, might still cause a little bit of a delay. And uh, watch out for police activity. Not sure what that's involving, but uh, police are on the scene in the intersection of Vine and Green. And uh, delays uh, in the usual spots, a little heavier than usual. Northbound 75 out of town between Hopple and Paddock, and a little heavier than usual on westbound 275, both in the regular lanes near Mosteller and the express lane. All righty, your weather forecast from the National Weather Service this evening. It calls for clear skies, a low of 38 degrees, and light winds, and that is a formula for the possibility of frost in some low-lying areas. A frost advisory is in effect between 2 a.m. and 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. For tomorrow, once that burns off, will be sunny and a high near 70 and Friday, mostly cloudy, off and on showers, 70% chance of rain, uh, with uh, highs around 68 degrees. Saturday, a 30% chance of showers with a high of 65. And then uh, Sunday looks good, partly cloudy skies and a high of 65 degrees. Looking ahead to next week, sunshine on Monday and a chance of rain Tuesday and Wednesday. It's 64 degrees right now. You're listening to 89.3 WMKV. Coming up next, Real Life Real Estate Investing. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vina Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week, as every week, we're putting you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Those of you here in the greater Cincinnati area need to know that the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati meets tomorrow night. It's a great meeting with an appraiser about the new home valuation code of conduct that is wreaking havoc on refinances and purchases all over the United States. He's going to talk about how that came about, what you can expect, and also how professional appraisers are finding values in such a tough, slow market. That's the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati tomorrow night, 7.30 for the main meeting, 6 o'clock for the early meeting, which is how my business runs with Becky Crawford, a local investor who owns 50 rental properties, 
And uh, everyone is welcome to that meeting. More information at CincinnatiRIA.com or at 859-292-7342. Tonight is question and answer night here on Real Life Real Estate Investing, which means any question that you have about your real estate investments, be they current or future, are fair game here on Real Life Real Estate. You can email your questions to askvina at gmail.com or you can call with your questions at 772-9658 in the greater Cincinnati area or at 877-772-9658 if you're listening to us online. We had a number of questions that came in before the show through the askvina.com contact form. And so we will hit some of those right now while we're waiting for you to call at 877-772-9658 or at 772-9658. This one is from Tammy in Hilltops Lakes, Texas. She says, I have a question about the $8,000 first-time homebuyer tax credit. I'm selling a house with owner financing, and this couple has been married a year. She had a house before they were married, so it is in her name. It is currently on the on market for sale. I don't know if that makes a difference. Uh, unfortunately, Tammy, it does, because if she has owned a house and they are married... Uh, they are not qualified for the first-time homebuyer tax credits. That's one of the little quirks in the law. And uh, I get this question an awful lot. And as a matter of fact, I had one earlier today from a student who said that uh, they had a couple that was getting married. They were not yet married. And my suggestion was that the one who had not owned a house in the last three years and therefore was qualified for the first-time homebuyer tax credit buy the house prior to the wedding happening because that's going to mess everything up. 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 is the place for you to call with any question that you have about real estate investing. You can also send your questions to askvina at gmail.com or by going to the askvina.com website. If you go to the askvina.com website, you can also check a little box and we will proceed to send you weekly emails telling you who the guest is on the upcoming program, including a valuable article from that guest and otherwise letting you know what's going on in the real life real estate world. That's askvina.com, and Vina is spelled V like in Victor, E-N-A. Here's a question from Julia in Los Angeles, California. She says, how can you buy commercial properties without banks or cash apart from having a magic wand or a genie? Well, Julia, you just took my answer away from me. I was going to say a magic wand. Uh, No, Julia, that was not what I was going to say at all. In fact, uh, commercial properties can be bought creatively in the same way that residential properties can be bought creatively with owner financing and or private money. So if you find an owner who is perhaps burned out, he's maybe let the building go a little bit, he's not managing it the way he should, he just kind of wants to get rid of it, but uh, is willing to let you make payments to him instead of a bank, that would be one way with an owner-held first mortgage or uh, in California, an owner-held deed of trust. Uh, Another way would be if you had some friends out there in California who were interested in becoming private lenders, uh, you could certainly borrow the money to buy the apartment building from, uh, and I'm assuming we're talking about apartment buildings here, would also work on strip centers or self-storage or whatever you like. Uh, You can borrow money from individual human beings at around 8% interest to do that. Now, of course, 
you have to make sure that the building will support the payments as well as the approximately 50 to 60% in operating expenses before you were to go out and do that. I would never send anyone out to buy something as complex as a an apartment building or retail space without further education in that arena. It is a bit different from residential properties in the terms of the way you evaluate, manage, and so on. Uh, Drill Life Real Estate Investing, question and answer week. We're taking your calls at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. As soon as we come back, we're going to talk to Mary in Colorado and also to you. Program support comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859-292-7342. Checking on traffic right now. We have an accident on northbound Winchell at Ezard Charles on the left side. Also an accident over on the shoulder of North 75 at Mitchell. Uh, Traffic North 75 out of downtown. Very slow this afternoon. Slower than usual. Also some congestion westbound 275 in the construction zone, including the express lane all near Mosteller. And a police activity vine at Green. Tonight, chilly night, low of 38 degrees. There is a frost advisory in effect between 2 a.m. and 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Get out the burlap. Tomorrow, uh, partly cloudy skies with a high of uh, 70 degrees. And a high on Saturday around 68 degrees with a, I'm sorry, Friday with a high of 68 degrees and a 70% chance of rain. Right now, we're at 64 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Real Life Real Estate Investing continues after this. Programming on WMKV is supported by the Knowles of Oxford. The Knowles of Oxford is now building new spacious cottages and their development, Redbud Trace, on campus. The Knowles offers an active retirement with all the benefits of a college town. More information about the new Redbud Trace cottages and the entire Knowles campus is available at 513-524-7990. That's 513-524-7990. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, where it's question and answer week. It's open mic day. So we'll open up mic and then we'll answer questions here at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Or you can send us your questions via the askvina.com contact site or at askvina at gmail.com. We're going to go now to line one to Mary, who's calling from Colorado. Mary, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you, Vina. Um, I'm just reading through your materials in Real Estate 101, mm-hmm. and you refer to a building order, I think it's called. A building, it's almost like a violation or something yes. like that. You, what is it called? Yes, they're called, they're called different things in different areas. Here, here, oh, okay. here, here we say, I got a building order. And, order. and okay. that and that means that that means that the city decided the gutter wasn't hung right, and you know sent you a, a ticket and said you got to fix it in thirty days or something like that. In other pl- parts of the country, uh, they're called bu- building code violations, code violations. Okay, it's all the same thing. Okay, that's what I needed. I like your material. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mary. You're welcome. Bye. And let's go to line two, Maria, who's calling from Philadelphia. Maria, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Uh, yes, hello, Vina. I'm trying. I don't know if you can hear me, but I have all this background uh, 
noise on this call. But um, I'm trying to contact a seller mm-hmm. uh, that is out of town, and the house is, oh, dear, I'm sorry. I can't hear you. Oh. There's something wrong. Yeah, we, uh, do you have your radio turned up? Yes, turn your radio down. I'm doing this uh, through uh, Skype, and I think that's the problem. Oh, okay. Well, if you may be you, you may be listening to us on the radio, and you need to to close that website because it will echo back to you. Oh, close the website. Oh, okay. Yeah, let cl- me try and do that. I'm sorry about yeah, this. Now, see, this is, this is a problem that only happens in 2009. I can't, do this. I can't hear you. Actually, I'm hearing you <laughs> through two ways. Yeah, let me call back. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank okay, you, Maria. Um, okay, so back to the email questions. Yeah, remember when you used to have the problem that people would call and they'd have their radio on in the background and they'd get all confused because they heard themselves, then they heard me, and now it's Skype because they've got the website open on, on Skype. It's a you know, very modern kind of problem to have. Uh, got, a, got a question from a listener who wants to know about being, in, being a guest on Real Life Real Estate Investing. If you'd like, if you think you've got a great topic to put in front of real estate investors, go to our website at realliferealestateradio.com and go ahead and pitch me. Tell me what you can tell our listeners that they haven't heard before. But remember, this is public radio, so it is not a forum to come on and talk about your company for an hour. It has to be real-life information, and it has to be non-commercial. So uh, think you got a topic? Let us know. RealLifeRealEstateRadio.com. You can also become a fan of Real Life Real Estate Investing there on our website and uh, get all sorts of updates plus a bunch of free downloads of the program. That's RealLifeRealEstateRadio.com. Surrender from Cincinnati says, I have a house in Amelia where I had a tenant who stopped paying about five months ago. Last month, I started the process of eviction. Of course, my, my first question, Surrender, is what happened to the other four months? Why did you not start the eviction process when they hadn't paid you on the fifth of the first month? Last month, when I started the process of eviction, he said he will move out. We found a person for land contract and executed the contract before the court date. Question, what is the definition of out of the house? <laughs> Since there was no key, according to the tenant, I put on new locks. Yeah, how was he getting in and out of his house? The house is already empty, and now I've already signed the land contract, so ownership has changed. Can we still proceed with the eviction, or now the new owner has to do this? Uh, we want to proceed with second cause to recover the rent. Okay, surrender. you can absolutely proceed with second cause because you were the owner at the time at which the eviction was filed. You have to proceed with the eviction in order to get to second cause. You're correct in that the tenants, you know what, I take that back. I think you can drop first cause in Hamilton County and still proceed with second cause. Uh, You are right that the ownership has changed hands now, but that should not affect your second cause. However, the definition of tenant out of the house is really that the keys are returned to you. So this might have been a question to ask prior to having signed the land contract, because what I would have told you was either get the keys back from the tenant, finish the eviction, or get a something signed off by the tenant that says I am in fact out of the house. Now the fact that it was completely empty is 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 a help and and probably nothing's going to happen to you here. Uh, but officially, you have to get the keys back for it to be an empty house. And it has happened many times that a landlord has walked into a house, found it, quote, empty because it was full of just random junk, thrown the junk out, and the tenants come back and said, I wanted that and you didn't have possession of the property. So house was clean. That's good. 
Uh, you're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's question and answer week, 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 are the numbers to call with your questions. Or you can send them to me via email by going to askvina.com or just send it from askvina at gmail.com. A question from Frank in Youngstown, Ohio. He says, I have some tenants that might be interested in a land contract and do qualify as first-time home buyers." I called a few title companies' accountants, and I'm hearing different stories. One accountant told me that I can only get the tax credit if the title is transferred. Frank, that is absolutely positively wrong. You can absolutely positive, or your buyer can absolutely positively uh, qualify for the first-time home buyer tax credit if he buys the property on land contract, assuming that the land contract has the correct language in it that says things like. He's taking equitable ownership, he's paying the taxes, he's paying the insurance, he's responsible for the maintenance and repairs. That accountant just doesn't know what he's talking about. And yes, it is the case that title doesn't transfer until the end of the term. Your problem is that you are getting bad advice from your accountant. And you can look up all sorts of good advice on the internet. Um, that's not it, though. You can you can do exactly what you're thinking. There, There's a little bit of a process to it because... If you simply have him refile his taxes, the check is going to come to him and you don't want it to come to him. You want it to go to a power of attorney who would be an accountant who knew what they were doing and the power of attorney receives the check, sends it to you. You and the tenant go down to the bank together and cash it since that is his down payment. Uh, Let's see. uh, Shannon in London, Kentucky says, what percent return can we expect if we go to the expense and effort of staging a home with period furniture and decor? Is this more effective for older homes? Well, Shannon, I don't I will admit that I do not have a lot of personal experience with staging homes. I know that how much it costs you to stage varies wildly depending on whether you kind of go do it yourself and you have just a little bit of stuff in the house to kind of make it look homey or whether you hire a staging company that might uh, put in a whole house full of rented furniture. So your percent of return is obviously going to vary depending on how much you spend. It can be anywhere from hundreds to literally thousands of dollars to do that. It is effective for all sorts of homes, not just older ones. Uh, putting, if you're talking about like putting Victorian furniture in a Victorian house, I think you're probably looking at an expense that's way too big. Uh, the return, of course, comes in both higher selling price and shorter time on the market. Uh, go on the internet though and and look at this. There's some new virtual staging companies that if you will take pictures of the property, they will like put in computer drawn furniture and it looks just like real real staging and then of course you take the photos and you put them in the different rooms of the house so that people can visualize it and that runs about 200 to 250 dollars uh it looks very impressive it's much more impressive furniture than you would ever put in yourself and uh is uh from everything i've heard very very effective in getting houses sold quickly Question from Tom in Charleston, South Carolina. Tom says, I have heard investors talk about getting a short sale on a second mortgage, then buying the property subject to the first mortgage. After learning about each of these transactions, it's not clear to me how both can be done in the same deal. How does one convince the second lien holder to give a discount when the first remains in place? Are the short sale and subject to carried out at the same closing and written out on the same HUD? Yeah, Tom, the, the, the thing that you're not getting here is that the second isn't being told that the first is not being paid off. The, sec- the, the, the process is you go to the second mortgager and you say, look, here's the deal. This guy's behind in his mortgage. I want to pay it off, but I want to pay it off for 
whatever, and and, and second mortgage is the number that's often thrown around, is 10 cents on the dollar. So a $20,000 mortgage would be paid off and released for $2,000. Once that happens, then you go to the closing where you are buying subject to the first mortgage. So the second mortgager, you don't say to the second mortgager, oh, the first mortgager is going to be kept whole because I'm going to be taking over the payments. Uh, frankly, whether or not they would even care about that, I don't know. I mean, they don't want to go to foreclosure because they're in second position and they're probably going to get nothing. And really, my thought is if they are happy with that $2,000 payoff, they ought to be happy with that $2,000 payoff, whether the first is getting paid off or not. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate. It's question and answer week. You can give us a call with your questions at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Or you can send me an email at askvina at gmail.com. Uh, Toby in some unidentified area. We always always ask that if you're going to send us an email, tell us where you're writing from because it makes a difference. My company currently offers a program for financing investment properties for investors with more than four units. We have not marketed the pro- program and are thinking of dropping it. Should we keep it going? Toby, if you would market that program, I mean, assuming the terms aren't crazy, you would have more people wanting it than you could possibly handle. Do you know what's happening in the commercial finance market right now? The the national lenders are asking for 45% down. And and they're starting to look at, at, at like my income as opposed to the income of the building. And hard money lenders in the commercial arena are getting I don't even want to say how much money they're getting because you're gonna you're gonna think I'm a liar. If you are willing to finance four plus unit properties and you let people know that you will have so much you have so many customers you don't you won't even know what to do with it's real life real estate investing it's question and answer week 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 we'll be back right after this support comes from the dayton philharmonic orchestra presenting benny goodman's big band birthday friday october 9th and saturday october 10th at the schuster center in downtown dayton This big band bash will be swinging as Dayton's Philharmonic Orchestra is joined by clarinet virtuoso Ken Poplowski and accompanied by the saxophone section of the United States Air Force Band. Tickets and information available at 888-288-3630 or online at DaytonPhilharmonic.com. Checking on traffic right now in Kentucky. The ramp from South 75 to 275 near Erlanger. There is an accident on the end of that ramp. The left lane is blocked. Back on the Ohio side of the river, watch out for an accident. Lunkin Park Drive at Wilmer. Also one on Hunt at Plainfield. Hamilton at Lingo, 75 north uh, north of Mitchell, an accident on the right shoulder. And Ezra Charles at Winchell. And some slowdowns on 275 this afternoon. A little heavier than usual, westbound 275 at Mosteller. And eastbound 275 between Montgomery and Loveland. Some backups there as well. Tonight, a frost advisory in effect between 2 a.m. and 9 a.m. Tonight, clear with a low of 38 degrees and uh, patchy frost possible in low-lying areas. Tomorrow, uh, mostly sunny with a high around 70, but that'll change for Friday. Friday, a 70% chance of off and on showers and a high of 68 degrees. And then Saturday, a 30% chance of afternoon showers with a high of 65 Right now, we're at 64 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. More real-life real estate investing after this. Support for WMKV comes from the 20th Annual Ohio Renaissance Festival on State Route 73 in Harveysburg, where you can feast like royalty. 
The marketplace has over 135 authentic craft shops and nearly 100 entertaining stage shows each day. More information is available at renfest.com or at 513-897-7000. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. It's question and answer week. 772-9658 here in the greater Cincinnati area. 877-772-9658 outside. It is not, by the way, too late to get your seats at the upcoming Ohio Real Estate Investors Association convention. November 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th here in Cincinnati. It's a national convention. We'll have folks from about 30 different states attending. And when you go to wmkvfm.org and register there, not only do you save about 100 bucks, you also support real-life real estate investing in all the programming here on Public Radio WMKV. Again, that website is wmkvfm.org. You can see the entire OREA schedule with more than 13 national speakers on topics ranging from buying commercial real estate to getting private money to renting your units faster to wholesaling properties to marketing for sellers, all at oreaconvention.com. That's O-R-E-I-A convention.com. But don't forget to go to wmkvfm.org to register. We're going to go back to line one and try Maria in Philadelphia again. Maria, welcome back. Oh, yes. Thank you very much, Vina, for taking my call. Um, uh, Vina, I'm trying to contact an owner of a vacant home. I got the the name of the owner and the address, uh, and I wrote a letter to the owner saying that I would be interested in uh, uh, buying the house if they were interested in selling it. And it's been already over two or three weeks, actually, since I sent out the letter, but I haven't received an answer. Uh, the phone, like I said, was unlisted. So I was just wondering, are there any other ways of contacting this owner, or is it just should I just take it for granted that they're not interested? Well, you have there's, there's a couple of possibilities here. One is they're not interested. The other one is uh-huh. they're interested, but they mean to call you and haven't done it yet or lost your postcard or whatever the case may be. So one thing I would absolutely do is I would send them another letter. And I, I would oh, just say, the same letter? Yep. Well, no, I, I, would, I would send them a handwritten letter that said, I was just following up on the uh, letter I sent you a, few, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I'm, uh, I'm very interested and wanted to make sure you still had my phone number and here it is. Oh, okay. The second possibility is that you've either reached the wrong person or it hasn't reached them at all. So one thing that I always do with those vacant houses is I try to run the name and address through the courthouse's website. And what I find, what I find is about 40% of the time, there is some sort of lawsuit that the owner is either involved in or has been involved in recently. Often it's a foreclosure. Sometimes it's a building code violation, a divorce, something like that. And if it's a foreclosure, then what has happened is that the property has already transferred to the bank, but the bank has not recorded the deed yet. So there's no use contacting this guy. He doesn't own the house anymore. Mm-hmm. If, it's, mm-hmm. if it's something like a divorce or a building code violation, a lot of times the courthouse has a more updated address than what I've been sending to. The courthouse, well, that's where I actually went to find out the name of the owner and to see if there were any liens or anything, and I even went through the tax assessor's office. Uh, the taxes are all up to date. There are absolutely no liens on the thing, but like two or three years ago, actually, well, no, actually 2001 or 2000, apparently uh, she was uh, um, suing uh, 
it looks to me, a spouse. And then that spouse was suing back her, and the address given for the spouse is an inmate address. Oh, okay. So I'm assuming that this is pretty bad situation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, yeah, this was like 2000, 2001, and still the address is inmate. Okay. So I, I have no idea what's going on out there. So like you said, maybe there's a lawsuit going on, but that was like uh, uh, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, but what, and, where you were looking, Maria, was in, was in, the, was in the tax rolls to get her address. The, the tax rolls is what gave you her yeah. mailing address, right? Yeah. The do, public rec. No, no, no. The public records gave me the uh, the uh, address, and the tax assessor's office simply confirmed everything that I got it through public records. Okay, so you saw what you saw what looked like probably a divorce, but I would yeah, I, whatever. I, I would poke around and see if there's anything else in there more recent because many ah. times I find I find a more recent address for people that way. But it could be she's just not interested in selling. You know, you do what you can do, and if she doesn't contact you back, you know. You kind of chalk it up to yeah. experience and go on. Yes. Okay. Great. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you so much, Tina. <laughs> Thank you very much Thank for you. your call. That was very call. useful. Thank you, Maria. It's question and answer week here on Real Life Real Estate Investing. Obviously, we're getting all sorts of questions from all over the country, and you can get yours in by calling us at 772-9658 or at 877-772-9658 or by going to askvina.com and sending us an email through the contact form there. Diane in Lexington says... She's putting a house under contract. I need either private money to buy it and retail it, or I need to wholesale it. How do you market both ways and possibly avoid an A to B, B to C closing? Okay, two, that's really two different questions, Diana. You, you, you raise the private money by going to your friends, family, and colleagues and seeing who's got the chunk of money that you need to buy and fix the property and would be not just willing, but happy to loan it to you at six to eight percent interest you if you if you're serious about wanting to wholesale the con the property you need to put it under contract at a cheaper price than if you were going to retail it because you need to leave some uh, room in there for your wholesale profit once you have the private money if you end up wanting to close the deal and wholesale it anyway the private money will do that. You don't have to use the transactional funding to do the what you're calling the A to B, B to C closing. So I hope that answers your question, Diane. If not, uh, send me another email and uh, clarify that for me. Uh, Lo- uh, Lonnie, L- Lowney, Lonnie in Minneapolis says, am I able to structure a purchase of this property and get the $8,000 first time homebuyer tax credit or is there another way to structure it? I could come up with the last three payments, but don't want. I do not want to really move into this home and buy and keep it, but flip it quickly. It has a ninety-four thousand dollars balance. They just want out. Will be three payments behind. They could be out in two to three weeks. Home in the homes in the area have sold for one fifty. It only needs the carpet stretched. I'd be happy just to get a bit of money out quickly. Thank you for all you do. Um, Okay, Donnie, I think what you're asking is if you moved into the house and bought it, could you get the $8,000 tax credit yourself? And the answer is yes, if, number one, you're a first-time home buyer, meaning you haven't owned a house in the last three years. Number two, you meet the income qualifications. And number three, you stayed in the property for three years. Now, if what you're asking is, 
can you purchase it and sell it in some way and your buyer get the first time home buyer tax credit? Absolutely. Now, assuming that your numbers are correct with the ARV of 150 and the mortgage of 94, one way to do that would be, just as you suggest, make up the three payments, take over the payments, put it up on the market, stretch the carpet so that, you know, you've spent $200 and it looks a lot better. Uh, put it up on the market for around 160 with a first time home buyer tax credit down payment of $8,000 or maybe even more. You could ask 10 and make the make the buyers themselves come out with 2000 of that dollars. And uh, so if someone who's who meets those first time home buyer tax credit qualifications on land contracts. So you'd be buying the property subject to you'd be selling it on land contract. Now, the one danger here that I need to make you aware of, Lonnie, is that sellers who are in financial trouble and these people are because they're three or more payments behind run the risk for you that even after you have taken over their payments and gotten that particular burden off their back, that they will end up declaring bankruptcy. And if they declare bankruptcy, chances are their lender will foreclose on the property, even though, yes, I know you own it. And even though, yes, I know the payments are current, they foreclose anyway. And if they foreclose and you have a first-time homebuyer in there who has paid you $8,000 who gets thrown out because the sheriff comes and sets them out of the house because there was a foreclosure, they are not only going to owe the $8,000 back to the IRS, they're going to be really mad at you. So a question here would be, is there any way you can just buy this property outright? Because that would be a lot cleaner. Could you do it with private money? Do you have that resource? Could you do it with a partner? Do you have that resource? That'd be a whole lot cleaner and you wouldn't have to worry about the potential that the seller would declare bankruptcy and the bank would therefore foreclose. Now, it's not a disaster necessarily when the bank forecloses on a property that you have bought subject to because you can try and work something out with the bank or you can refinance it yourself, although that would be difficult with a land contract in place. There's just this is this is a, a this is a deal that has a lot of things for you to think about in it. It's very doable. The question is are you willing to take the risk of the seller declaring bankruptcy? And and one of the things that you might make you feel better about that is just ask the seller. Once you get this burden off your back, what do your other bills look like? Are you likely to declare bankruptcy in the next 3 years? Otherwise, it sounds like a good deal. Sounds like such a good deal that in fact if the repair costs are accurate, I would probably uh, look at trying to find private money to buy it and just just do the deal. Uh, let's see. Um, Jim in we don't know where because he didn't do what we ask people to do and tell us where they're from. Says, does anyone still have any true hard money where the loan to value is based on the value and not the acquisition price? Uh, yeah, Jim, hard money lenders had typically been very focused on the asset as opposed to what you're paying for the asset or uh, what your personal income is, what your personal credit score is. And you are absolutely right. They have gotten a whole lot pickier about that over the last couple of years because a lot of hard money lenders got stuck with a lot of bad loans in the uh, when the real estate bubble burst. And some of the hard money lenders I've been talking to in the last year or so have said things like, 
we only loan to people with 650 plus credit scores, to which I say, well, people with 650 plus credit scores can get regular money. Why would they want your 14% money? Or they say, we only loan uh, 65 or 75% of the purchase price when it used to be 60% of the after paired value, to which I say, Fannie Mae will do better than that. Why do they need your 14% money when Fannie Mae is looking for 5% money? But the thing that has happened, Jim, is that so many hard money lenders just went under during the whole real estate bubble crisis thing that the ones that are left are able to be fairly picky about what they are doing. My question to you, Jim, would be why are you looking for hard money and not private money? Because the hard money lenders are kind of like the banks in that they have the rules and you have to follow them. Private lenders are much more um, flexible about things like making loans based on after repaired value, based not based on acquisition price, and plus their money's cheaper. So, uh, Jim, I think your solution is probably not to try and find that guy who wants to loan you money at 14% interest and look at your credit score and only loan you 65% of the acquisition price, but rather to try and find some private lenders. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate. We just got about 15 minutes left in the program. So if you have a question, you better give us a call at 877-772-9658 or at 772-9658. We'll be back right after this. Program support on WMKV comes from Pro Seniors. Every day, senior citizens are targeted by savvy crooks looking to rip them off or steal money from the Medicare system. And every day, Pro Seniors volunteers fight back by helping people protect their Medicare numbers, detect fraud, and report suspicious charges. Pro Seniors may be contacted at 1 800 488 6070. Well, suddenly a plethora of accidents. We have one on westbound 275 at Mosteller, not blocking the lanes, but the fire department is going to be on the scene very soon because there's a report of injuries, and so that could be a big backup, westbound 275 at Mosteller. Other accidents, daily at Galbraith. We have an accident southbound 75, now south of Paddock on the right shoulder. Lunkin Park at Wilmer, Hunt at Plainfield, Hamilton at Lingo Street, and on the collector ramp from South 75 to 275 in Kentucky near Erlanger. Uh, the accident is on the shoulder. All lanes are open, but nevertheless causing a bit of a backup. This evening, a frost advisory between 2 a.m. and 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Clear tonight, patchy frost. The uh, paper says a low of 38 degrees, but of course that can be a little bit colder the farther out in the country you get. Uh, tomorrow, uh, sunny skies with a high around 70. And on Friday, a 70% chance of some showers off and on, maybe even a thunderstorm with a high around 68 degrees, a slight chance of rain on Saturday, partly sunny on Sunday, highs in the mid-60s this weekend. Right now, it's 64 degrees, and you're listening to 89.3 WMKV. It is Real Life Real Estate Investing. It is Question and Answer Week, a very popular week this week. It's gotten... Gosh, 15 or 20 emails here, a couple of phone calls, and you still have a chance maybe to fit in a question before we're done here. 772-9658 if you are in the greater Cincinnati area, 877-772-9658 if you are not. We're going to go to line one and talk to Kevin in northern Kentucky. Kevin, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi. Uh, yes. Um, I was wondering, uh, I'm going through a divorce, actually, and we're going to be selling our house, and then... So the money that we have 
from the sale of our house, if we split that, um, do we get taxed on it? Even if we take that and split it and go each buy our own houses after that? It is your uh, primary residence, right, Kevin? Yes. No, you guys will get to take, even though you're divorcing, you'll still get to take the homeowner exemption to the capital gains tax on your primary residence. Okay. And, and the fact, it, and, and they actually changed that uh, about five years ago so that you don't have to go buy a new house with the proceeds. So you all will be fine. You can split it up and uh, oh, okay. go buy your own houses with it. Okay, great. Okay? Okay, thank you. Thanks for your call, Kevin. Okay, thanks. Uh, here's a question via email from Tim in Mainville, Ohio. He says, I just got a notice in the mail this week from the Warren County Auditor's Office that advises me that property values have dropped significantly due to declining market conditions. We bought this house in February 08. The former tax value was 221. With this notice, they are now giving it a value of 184, a drop of 17%. Thankfully, we're holding the property for a while, but had I been looking to sell the market value and the market value drop was comparable, I'd be hurting big. Any advice, suggestions, or insights on this recent development? It's great news for buyers, but sellers could be hurt. Should I assume the market value has dropped considerably in percentage and dollar value? Well, Tim, there's you're, you, there's a basic fallacy in your fear here, which is that the Warren County Auditor's Office actually knows what your house is worth. I, I know you'd like to think so, since they are assessing taxes based on what they think your house is worth. But you might remember that when they assessed it, they never actually came inside. The The way the counties assess taxes in most of the country is by drive-by photos and appraisals based on what other stuff in the neighborhood has sold for. Now, look around you and tell me what other stuff in the neighborhood has sold. And you will find that it's probably, there's probably a high percentage of bank-owned properties REOs or short sales that have happened in your neighborhood. And yes, those properties sell more cheaply than your nice property because they're not as nice as your nice property. Most bank-owned properties need some work. They get shut up for a year and they have mold and the the carpet's filthy and or, or ripped out. And when it's only distressed sales that are happening, when you look around, you think, gosh, prices have dropped enormously when in fact the prices that are that things are selling for are based on a an inferior condition and a motivated seller take your tax drop because that means you're going to pay less taxes that doesn't necessarily mean that the value of your property has actually decreased 37 percent there's also the possibility that it was over appraised to begin with so just in terms of what is your house actually worth, you need to look at other sales of other fixed up properties that other homeowners have sold to homeowners. I very, very seriously doubt that property values overall in Warren County, which is one of the hottest counties in Ohio, have dropped 37% in two years. I'm sure it appears that way, but that's primarily going to be because of the foreclosures and I'm sorry, 17%, $37,000. The, the, a large reason for that is the number of bank owned properties that have sold. You really wouldn't know what your property was worth until you put it on the market and saw what other people thought it was worth via the bids. Um, uh, Warren County, I have no long-term fears for. It's a uh, an expense. It's a, um, a nice place for people to live. Houses are relatively inexpensive compared to a lot of the country. And as soon as all these REOs wash out of the market, I'm sure your house price will bounce right back up to where it was before. 
when will the REOs wash out of the market? Well, not anytime soon. We're hearing that, in fact, there is likely to be a big influx of REOs onto the market over the course of the next few months that are being processed through the foreclosure process right now after some foreclosure moratoriums and so on back in the spring. But uh, as you said, you're holding on for the long term, so you'll be just fine. And thank you very much for your question. It's real. It's question and answer week on Real Life Real Estate Investing, 877-772-9658. If you're listening outside the greater Cincinnati area, if you're inside the area, 772-9658. And I am uh, taking questions from just all over the place right now. You can also send us a question by going to askvina.com or send it straight to askvina at gmail.com, Venus being spelled V-E-N-A. Uh, Julia in Littleton, Colorado says, hi, Vina, do you, impre- do you invest in properties outside the state of Ohio and does that cause problems with your status as a realtor? Uh, yes, Julia, I invest in properties in Kentucky because as it happens, uh, northern Kentucky is actually physically closer to me than some of the outer suburbs of Cincinnati. It does not cause problems with my status as a realtor. I am a licensed agent in the state of Ohio and a licensed broker actually in the state of Ohio. Uh, I am not licensed in Kentucky, so when I'm making an offer in Kentucky, what I do is I just add a little line to my um, contract that says seller recognizes that buyer is a licensed agent in the state of Ohio, which really doesn't have any effect on him because it's not like I'm doing a commission or anything because I'm not licensed in Kentucky. And in selling or renting a property, I put a similar clause that says buyer understands that agent uh, that uh, seller is a licensed agent in the state of Ohio. Uh, I'm not even certain that I have to do that because since I'm not licensed in Kentucky, it, again, it doesn't really affect them, but I do it just to be extra special safe. So uh, Julia, if your question is because you are a realtor and thinking out about investing outside of Colorado, that would be my answer to you. Dan in New Jersey says, hope you're well. I have a great two family, seven bedroom bank owned property under contract. Uh, contract was signed today. I put it under contract in a trust. In other words, the, the contract is actually being held by this land trust, not by Dan personally. I have two buyers who are threatening to buy, <laughs> threatening to buy and pay cash, but no one has stepped up yet. I have another one who wants to buy and live there, renting out the upper floor with a mortgage. My strategy was to assign the beneficial interest to the trust, but my lawyer reminds me that some banks won't allow a trust for some end-user mortgage buyers. If the two cash buyers flake out, is there any way I can sell it to an end-user who wants to use a mortgage? Well, Dan, uh, your lawyer is right, It's not, and it's not just some banks that don't want you to assign the beneficial interest in the trust and then they finance the deal through the trust for the buyer. It's most banks that don't want to do that. Most banks are selling their loans on the secondary market, and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac don't want to buy loans made to trust. They want to buy loans made to people. So uh, if the cash buyers step up, awesome, you do exactly what you thought you were going to do. If the cash buyers don't step up and you have what is effectively a retail buyer who wants to live on one floor and rent out the other floor, you're going to have to close this deal and then you're going to have to resell it to the buyer and you're going to have to make sure that the buyer is pre-qualified and is using a portfolio lender. You can't be using a lender that's going to sell to Fannie Mae because then, then the problem isn't the trust. The problem is the seasoning. 
The problem is you haven't owned it long enough. So um, get the buyer pre-qualified with a portfolio lender. Close the transaction either with close the deal with either private money or with transactional funding and then sell it to the buyer. I have contacts with both portfolio portfolio lenders and transactional funders up in New Jersey. So send me an email. I know you have my email address and I will let you know who those are. Uh, this is going to be much easier though if your cash buyers step up. Thank you for your email, Dan. And if you have a question, send me an email at askvina at gmail.com or better yet, call at 877-772-9658 because email service here is a little bit slow. And if you were to send the email right now, I cannot guarantee that we would receive it before the end of the show. A question from Jacob in Powell, Ohio. He says, I need some advice on how to find quality tenants in a middle-level bread-and-butter type neighborhood. Um, Find the tenants, Jacob, because I I think what you're asking here is a marketing question. I think what you're asking is, how do I get as many people as possible aware of this property so that I can get as many applications as possible so that one of those will be a quality tenant and it will happen quickly? And the answer is all the usual stuff. Um, Unfortunately, at this point in time, ads in the paper still work best. I know they're expensive. Readership is dropping. As readership drops, the way the newspapers are reacting is they are raising the prices for the ads. So you're paying even more per impression than you were before. But and, and I and I and I think in the next year or two this might actually change because more and more people are going to places like Craigslist to quickly look up uh, properties that are for rent. But as of right now, if you put the ad in Craigslist and put it in your local paper, you're going to find that the local paper is still drawing more ads. Um, do not, however, ignore the internet. There are a number of free sites that you can go to that will allow you to post your rental there. And there definitely anybody under the age of 30 is looking for, uh, houses and places to rent that way. Uh, there's a free site called postlets, P-O-S-T-L-E-T-S.com that you can go and put your um, information in. You can put a picture in. It makes a very pretty ad, and then it puts it out to a whole bunch of different rental websites that are also free. So obviously, you know, it's free. You want to do that as well. Uh, Remember that you need to update that ad every two to three days because uh, it will fall down toward the bottom of the um, uh, first page, and you want to be on the first page. You can't do it every day because all of those different places monitor that, and they'll they'll kick you off for a few days if you do it every single day. But uh, that also works, and do not forget to put the sign in the yard. (laughs) That is a big, big, big and, and very cheap way to uh, attract people who are driving through the neighborhood looking for something to rent. And it also attracts the attention of the neighbors who might have friends that want to rent. So those are going to be your three top ways to quickly attract a tenant. If you're using them and you're not getting a bunch of calls, your rent's probably too high. So thank you for your question, Jacob, and to everyone who asked questions here on Real Life Real Estate Investing today. Do not forget the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati meeting tomorrow evening. Early meeting is how my business runs with Becky Crawford. Main meeting is all about appraisal. All are welcome. 859-292-RIA or CincinnatiRIA.com for more information. We will be back next week. 
with more info to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Live the memories, love the memories. I love the music. Anything from the 40s, 30s, and 20s. Al Hurt, Satchmo, any jazz. 89.3 FM, WMKV, Reading, Ohio. Stay tuned for the Fox 19 6 p.m. news simulcast. Coming up next, exclusively on 89.3 FM, WMKV Reading, Ohio, and WMKVFM.org. certainly dismal. $51.5 million. Cincinnati makes a bombshell announcement. Controversy tonight over a proposed high school reading list. Fox 19 Steve Oldfield's monitoring developing news.